Welcome to I'm Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people. Today we will be talking to Brian Dobler as part of our series on cornering. So as always, if you'd like to reach out to me, you can follow me on Instagram, Matt Lucas Muay Thai, or email me at a.matt.lucas at gmail.com. I also have my website, www.matt-lucas.com. Thanks, as always, to all the people that have supported me so far, sharing the podcast, leaving reviews. If you'd like to leave a review, that would be super helpful. You can do so on the iTunes store. I want to personally thank a few people, Vinny Scotto, Patrick Rivera, Dave Brooks, Sean Madden, Wendell Galano, Chris Tran, and a few others who helped me out when I broke my camera. It was a while ago, but I use my camera all the time, and I'm doing a lot of stuff with it. Uh, I've been putting together a lot of interviews that are available over on Muay Thai Gram. I did a short series with Rob Cox, which is really great. I interviewed him as he sat down to dinner. I, we've done it twice. One was burgers. The second time was pies and mashed peas. Uh, both videos I'm really, really happy about, um, mainly because of Rob. There's a lot of insight. There's a lot of knowledge with Rob Cox. If you're not familiar with him, he is one of the foremost Muay Thai journalist out here in Thailand. He's spent 20 years out here, knows a lot about the sport, has a lot of connections. He's a really great guy. So very happy that I was able to support him in that way. Also, as always, um, I have my book out, I'm Fighting in Thailand. It educates and helps guide careers by helping save fighters from costly mistakes. Right now, borders are starting to slowly open up. If fighters want to come out, now is, you know, people need to be thinking about it. Lockdown has closed down a lot of gyms and promotions. If you are serious about coming out, now is the time. It's time to get going on this. Obviously, the lockdown and COVID has shown people how quickly things can go away. So... If you're going to do it, do it now. Get the, get my book. It really helps. Uh, thanks, as always, to my sponsors, Nakamoy Legends, for their continued support of the show. They create some great Muay Thai apparel with portions of the proceeds going back to the legends they celebrate. All the superstars have been paid for their images as well. Check out their gear at www.knockmoylegends.com. Use On Fighting to get 15% off your order. Thanks, as always, to Patrick Rivera for getting the show started. He's also sponsoring Jaleel Barnes now, which I'm really excited about. Jaleel is one of the fighters I've been starting to help out and manage. He is a Muay Thai Gram-sponsored athlete. He is very well... Uh, has a lot of credentials in America. Was part of a USMF team in South America. Won most of the major tournaments in America. And now he is working his way up the Max Muay Thai scene. We will probably move him at some point in the future to other shows. So very excited about that. 
a little bit about the show today. It is about cornering. So this is very, very important as a fighter and as a trainer, you know, also to understand the game a bit more, you, you should know about cornering. Obviously, it looks like not a lot is going on. A person just jumps in the ring and gives the person water, you know, whatever. But there's a lot that actually goes on behind the scenes and also in preparation. So I've one of the reasons why the show has been delayed a bit is because I've been doing so much cornering. So Brogan Stewart Ning, he fought on one championships new breed recently. Um, then after that, I cornered Smilla Sundell as she fought Ponpan Pa. I was with Jaleel Barnes when he fought um, uh, Thomas Sorchajalin. Also with Omar when he fought uh, Petnolin, uh, Seti and Muay Thai. Then most recently, just this past weekend, I was with Angela Chang when she rematched uh, Nong Hong, um, Mu Ping Aloy, Ju Bung, I believe her, her fight name is. Anyways, so a lot of cornering going on. So, you know, the every time I corner, I learn a lot, and it's different from for every situation. So, recently when I cornered Brogan, it was an MMA fight. I know very little about MMA, so it was a very unique and interesting experience for me personally. Omar won won by rear naked choke. Um, I don't know how to do a rear naked choke, so. Th- this was a really interesting experience for me with both Jaleel and Omar. They were both cut. So dealing with cuts in the corner was a new experience for me. Uh, you know, just dealing with the blood, making sure the Vaseline is there, the stemming the blood coming out. That way the fight can keep going. These are really really important moments that are very very short you have two minutes to deal with this situation then they go back into the ring so you need to be precise you need to be professional you need to know what you're doing and then with Angela she was rematching Nong Hong um, so that was cool and then Smilla had a long layoff so you know there's all these things going on all the time a little bit about our guest today. Brian Dobler is a long-term gym owner and trainer based out of Fontana, California is where the original double dose is. He has another branch out in Australia. We'll talk about that a little bit. Dobler has guided a lot of people's careers, um, including uh, Nicole Fernandez, who is definitely a rising star in America, a really good female athlete she's won usmf twice i believe uh definitely a talent to look out for has produced some solid fighters robert rainier who was out here earlier this year fought on max muay thai uh jesse um over at boxing club in san diego as well he is currently based out here in Thailand, so he's been coming to a lot more fights and helping me out with cornering. So I thought it would be a good idea to sit down, have a chat with him about cornering and some of the ins and outs of the game. 
So without further ado, the interview with Brian Doboy. Thank you, Dobler, for coming on the show today. How are you doing? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, obviously, we are doing a series on cornering. Um, you've spent a lot of time with fighters, both here in Thailand and abroad. Um, I guess let's start at the very beginning. When you are cornering for someone, what do you do in terms of getting to the facility? You know, start right at the basics. Well, I guess it's always uh, it's always a good idea to be there early, or you know, uh, to leave a little bit early, um, just in case you run into traffic or anything like that. You don't want the fighter stressed. Uh, that's the you know that's the last thing you want is you want, uh, is to get there late, have the fighter worried about you know oh I gotta hurry and get stuff done, and mm -hmm. you know you don't want to add any additional stress uh, on the on the fighter. So getting there early is important. I generally travel with the fighter. Uh, I don't usually uh, let them drive uh, simply because I want to keep them safe. If they do have somebody that's driving them, that's that's a little bit different. But I usually like to travel with the fighter. Helps me kind of gauge, uh, you know, where they're at, how they're feeling, and and all that. Um, one of the first times I cornered out here, I was in a car accident. Oh, and so <laughs> exactly. it made things very very <laughs> nerve wracking. Yeah. I was driving a car, I backed into another car. It was a large truck. Mm. I was cornering Brogan and I backed into an attorney's car. Oh. <laughs> and then, of course, he started to freak one. out and I started to freak out. We ended up making it to the venue, but they had to switch the order of the fights. Yes. And it was a big headache. But definitely leave early all the time. Leave early. Good idea. It was, it was good that we left, we met early too. Mm -hmm. That way, the car accident didn't completely foul the fight. Exactly. But it happened. And generally, I happen. prepare fighters before we before we even leave. Generally, I prepare them for the the, the chance that things could change. Yeah. Like you know, if if things are going right, like everything's on time and scheduled. There's no fight change. There's no. No order change. There's, you know, everything's going. That's when I worry, because like, <laughs> you know, usually there's always something. There's something going to happen, and yeah. and so you know, you if you prepare them ahead of time for that, they're not quite as you know freaked Nervous, out when something yeah. does happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what are some of the things that you bring all the time? Uh, I always bring scissors, uh, tape, gauze. Um, uh, I like to bring uh, some some foam padding that I put on the chair for the, the uh, fighters yeah. when mm -hmm. I when I wrap their hands. Um, uh, you know, Vaseline, cut medicine. Uh, I generally bring uh, a fair supply of Ziploc baggies. Oh yeah, uh, you you like to mix the Vaseline and the Namamoy together in the I Ziploc. I do. I like to do that, but I also bring them simply because they make great ice bags for after the fight, and it's just a really, you know, it's actually like, a good idea. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of really that. good, you know, simple simple uses for it that you'll find. So I I carry like a box of Ziploc baggies with me always when I'm there. Um, other thing, of course, the Moncon, you know. Um, I usually will bring an extra cup uh, just because, you know, sometimes fighters forget things. 
And they need um, something to drink out of. <laughs> Wrong kind of cup. Uh, I wouldn't drink out of that cup, but uh, yeah, you, you get the idea. <laughs> so just having that extra, extra, you know, extra cup there is just just in case. I bring an extra mouthpiece. It's not molded. Just something like if I have to. That's just, a good idea, actually. Yeah, if I have to just put it put it in a microwave or get some hot water somewhere and have them mold it, at least they have it. Um, uh, what else do I bring? Uh, scissors, tape, gauze. Mostly, mostly that stuff. Um, I have a like a small carry-on luggage uh, piece that I bought that I put everything into, mm-hmm. including my my. I put tie pads and focus mitts in there. Um, you know, and of course, it always depends on the venue too. It depends on where you're fighting and what the rule set is. Like if I'm fighting on an amateur show. I bring shin guards and, and you know elbow pads, and I bring an extra set of elbow pads mm-hmm. for all every time because there's always that, that there's always that opponent that says, "Well, I didn't know we were doing elbows. Yeah. Uh, I don't have no elbow pads. I'm like here, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So it's better than it's better than the, the alternative. So I, I try to be pretty prepared." Uh, I've been doing it for a long time, so it, I have kind of a system. And then you always uh, restock after the fight as well. Yes. I remember you telling yeah. me that once. Yeah, I restock you, immediately when I get back. I usually, you know, usually we get home late, so I put put the the, the bag in my in my office, and then the, the next day I'm in. I, I restock everything: yeah. gauze tape, anything that I've that I just I've throw depleted. it in the bag. Yeah, I got everything back to you know back to. To working orders, so I don't have to worry about it. And then that also helps me, like if I'm running low on gauze or something, it helps me. Oh man, I got to order gauze rather than oh, I got to fight this week. I got to order gauze. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, it just kind of helps me also know like what you know where where are my supplies at? How how am I doing on supplies? So once you're at the venue itself, when do you wrap your fighters' hands? Do you do it right away? Do you wait a bit? Yeah, I don't like to wrap them too early. Uh, I think it can, you know, it, it, it can definitely cause some fatigue for their hands if you wrap them too early and they just kind of get uncomfortable. So, uh, but I like to wrap, you know, a fair amount of time out. So, you know, plenty of time, leaving plenty of time that we're warming up, mm-hmm. you know, four fights before and everything's ready to go, you know, four or five fights before. And you haven't wrapped hands out here in Thailand yet, have you? I have not, but I've seen you do it uh, several times, and uh, I like the way you do it. Yeah. I have wrapped, similarly, uh, back in the day when we used to have fights in California that were... A little less regulated? A little less regulated. Uh, during that time, you know, we, we I wrapped basically the same way you do. Yeah. Um, and... We would, you know, I, I think maybe for 10 years, I took fighters, uh, maybe at least an average of about three fighters per weekend for yeah, 10 years. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever had to work the corner for more than one fighter at a time. So, mm. I mean, last night was a bit busy, but I didn't actually have to help prepare Omar and Jaleel. It was just like... I, I had, had eight Jaleel. one night. Eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was that was the night I decided never to do that again. <laughs> so you know, I keep it to you know two or three. I won't go above three usually. When when you're dealing with multiple people, what is that like? 
what do you do differently? You just got to manage your time well. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, like, like if I'm cornering one person, I do that myself. Yeah. You know, but if I'm cornering more than one person, I, I need a support team. Mm-hmm. So I need people there with me to help me to, you know, hey, I'm going out, you got to warm this person up. I'm Damn. going out, you got to take care of this, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, and, and you got to plan the time well. Sometimes, you know, promoters don't really think about things like putting fires back to back to back. And so yeah. you've, you've just got to be prepared, like, and, and communicate with the team, like, hey, I'm just going to leave the bucket out there. We're going to go straight out. Mm-hmm. And that way, and the fighter knows, and, and, and there's not a bunch of chaos and confusion. That's that's really one of the main things is just managing, you know, um, managing the expectations for the fighter as well. So the fighter's not freaking, freaking out. out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things, actually. It is. I think it's one of the one of the big components of of cornering for sure. Just guiding them along hey this is what's gonna happen about now about yeah this is the general things of what's gonna happen okay you go and you fight then this can happen blah 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 yeah anxiety happens when you don't know what's coming and Mm -hmm. so if you tell them what's coming what's coming up uh people are a lot less anxious and you know they've they've generally got enough on their plate we want to take most of that anxiety away and way you do that is just by communicating with them and letting them know what to expect and that things can change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what do you do when you warm people up? Uh, I just move around with them a little bit, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't like doing pads with people before fights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen uh, I've seen extreme cases of that where, you know, people are doing 10 rounds of pads before they yeah. go for a fight, which makes zero sense to me at all. Uh, but you know, I just move around with them. I, I do what's called duan cheng. Duan yeah. cheng is just mean means to to remind them. So um, and of course, it really depends because I've been in the corner in different capacities as well. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in the corner with my athlete, my fighter, then we have prepared a strategy throughout the training, mm-hmm. and we uh, in the warm up we simply uh, do things to remind them about that strategy. Mm-hmm. So strategy and technique are very different. So strategy is kind of like an overall guiding principle. S- strategy versus tactics. Ta- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, for me, you know, strategy might be, um, you know, uh, like in that movie with uh, 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 the, about Roberto Duran, Hands of Stone. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah. He, he, you know, the one one of the things that he did is he he combed. Roberto Duran's hair in the corner, mm-hmm. and it was just like all about. That's like, a good idea because when the judges look and they see the hair flop around, a lot of times they'll think there's more damage than there actually is. I generally advise fighters with longer hair to either you know figure out a way to braid, braid it, or, it or 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 cut it uh, because of that specifically because of that. Um, you know, like like. Uh, especially amateur fighters with the you know headgear have these like ponytails sticking out yeah. of the top, and every time they get hit, it's like an indicator that they got hit. It's, <laughs> it's like yeah, um, um, so he combs his hair, uh, you know, simply because it, it his strategy was to kind of intimidate the other person because you know the other person was looking all tired and yeah. he was coming out fresh every time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, you know, I don't necessarily comb my fighter's hair, but, 
But Why, you don't it, bring a comb? Yeah, I bring a comb. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's one of the things I forgot to mention. Yeah, you, oh, you got to bring a comb. You always bring a comb. <laughs> but, yeah, but, you know, this, the strategy was simply just to make him look fresh and like he's ready to go where the other person is not. And, you know, so strategy can be, you know, um, hey, you know, in this fight, I want you to move forward. Mm -hmm. Or in this fight, I want you to fight at this range. It's not, hey, when they do this, do that. Yeah. Because that's confusing for, for athletes. Now, if I am cornering my athlete, if I'm training uh, an athlete to compete against a specific person, I will do those things in training. So what I will do is um, uh, I'll, I'll watch film, I'll see what the other fighter's good at, and I'll do a lot. Of, when I hold pads, you know, a lot of people, there's this trend of holding pads nowadays where it's like, uh, you know, it's all about the coach looking good on, you know, Instagram. For me, uh, it's fight simulation. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing as the military, you know, uh, doing, you know, s uh, simulations all the yeah. time where, you know, that simulation becomes just, it just comes natural. out. Yeah, it becomes natural. They're not really having to think about it. Um, but I always, if I do that, if I say, okay, this person is good at this, they do this a lot, and I do that, I always am going to program in more than one choice, too, because sometimes something doesn't work. Yeah. So if you tell a fighter, hey, when they do this, do that, and it doesn't work, the fighter gets get frustrated. Yeah. But when you, when you just constantly train it in and you give them more than one choice, then one doesn't work, they automatically switch to the other. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so strategy is kind of like the overall guiding, you know, principle that, that kind of guides which techniques they'll use. So for me, that's... And then going back a little bit, you have fought out here in Thailand and in the States, so yeah. you've probably warmed up yourself in different ways. Is there a preference that you personally have? You know, I tried, like, everything. Like, yeah. um, you know, tried hitting pads. Uh, sometimes it made me feel better to hit pads. But uh, for the most part, that just warming up, uh, kind of shadow boxing and, and just getting my body warm worked. I tried that, uh, you know, the what, what was popular, like this blowing out your lung where you actually, like, sprint and just, like, get your first, like, so you get your oh, second wind yeah. in the fight. I tried all kinds of stuff. Like, for me, it was experimental, you know, like I, I just tried everything. And, you know, what made me feel best was just uh, staying warm, uh, staying loose and and going in and doing it and not expending too much energy before mm -hmm. the fight because, you know, to me, you know, you're there to fight. Uh, yeah. You know, if you've done your training properly, like, you know, it's 15 minutes of fighting in a, on a five round fight and, you know, you've been training two hours a night, yeah, 15 should minutes really okay. shouldn't be anything, yeah. but at the same time, you don't want to expend unnecessary energy because you, you're you not accounting for, you know, getting a knee in the liver. Yeah. <laughs> it takes the, a lot of energy out. I know for myself, at least, I definitely like the Thai style warming up. Yeah. Just having like a massage. Yep. The Namamoid just warms up your body. It's pretty light. Um, I don't think... Like you said, tons of pad work is good. No, I, I think I, I you know mess really mess around a little, warm people up, remind them of things, and okay, oh you go. Yep, that's 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 the same way I do it, man. Exactly. 
So when you are in the corner, so your fighter has gone from the backstage to the ring itself, um, what, what are you doing as a corner man? Uh, well, it, you know, it, it kind of depends. So it depends on what capacity. So again, if I'm cornering my fighter, it's a little bit different than if I'm helping someone corner. Mm -hmm. So I've been in the corner for a lot of uh, fights where, you know, a promoter would just ask me, hey, can you corner for this guy? He doesn't have a corner. <laughs> you know, so, you know, that, that would be that's a... That's crazy to me. It would be a different, uh, you know, but, but, but realistically, they do that because they know I'm going to do my job. Right. And, you know, they, they, they know, like, you know, even, uh, like, uh, we, we fought... Uh, uh, who was it? A uh, guy from England, uh, Richard. He fought for WBC title against Malipad. Malipad's a friend. Like, I like Malipad a lot. But when I'm in the corner, I'm going to corner that guy to win. Yeah. And he did. He won the WBC title. Um, you know, I've been in the corner when uh, Amanda Kelly fought Julie Kitchens. I've been in the corner when Liam fought um, uh, against uh, Malipet. I was in the corner with Dan McGowan when he fought Romy. Romy's a friend too. You know, it, but but when you're in in the corner, yeah, you do the job. So, but but it's a game. It's you know. But as like a second corner, it's a different aspect too. Mm -hmm. So as a second, I'm really just a support team. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as a primary corner, I have a I have a system mm -hmm. that I follow, uh, but I don't want to push my system on somebody else because that can also cause you know fighter disruption to get, yeah 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 of course so for me as a second corner i'm just going to be ancillary support i'm going to give give uh you know the the uh the main corner i'm going to give them you know the vaseline i'm going to you know remind them hey here's your water you know and then i'll probably mention some things that i see that maybe they're not seeing um uh you know but I really kind of take a back seat in that, in that role. If I'm cornering my fighter specifically, I have a specific system that I use. What, what is that? Uh, specific system, uh, when, when my fighter finishes uh, their round, before they go out, of course, you know, it's, it's uh, just removing the Moncon and, and uh, you know, reminding them what the overall strategy mm -hmm. is before they go out. Um, <clears throat> And then after the, the first round, the first thing I want them to do is take three deep breaths. Mm -hmm. They don't yeah. get anything. They don't get water yeah. or advice until after they've slowed their yeah. breathing. So, you know, that's kind of just a, a system for me. Um, I found that when I've done that, that's something I've heard from other people. When I've done that, the fighter tends to listen better. They do. Uh, you know, 30 seconds of breathe. Breathe, yeah. breathe, breathe, breathe. Okay, here's some water. Breathe. Okay. And sometimes blah, blah, you blah. gotta remind them to breathe. I mean, okay. you've got all this adrenaline going on. You know, you've you've got a f flight or fight response. So you've got you've got a whole bunch of stuff going on in the body. And you know, if the fighter is uh, you know fairly new or inexperienced, that stuff can really weigh on them. Yeah. And that breathing can bring them back down. You know, and you've got to make sure that they're paying attention because whatever you're going to tell them. them. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you're going to tell them. You know, generally is important so you know um, and you know as a corner you know you you know it, you may make mistakes I've cornered thousands of fights and I still make mistakes like I, I there's times where I'll corner and I'll go I'll look at it and I'll go man 
like I said the wrong thing, you know, like, like that, that just, that just didn't work, you know, but, but, you know, so I, <laughs> I've, I've definitely said the wrong thing. Sometimes, sometimes I get my right and left confused. So I'll be telling someone something and they'll be like, right knee, right knee. But it's like left, you know, left punch. Or oh yeah, something. yeah. Yeah. You're kind and, of looking at mirror. Well, the worst was I had, a, I had a fighter that, um, every time I yelled right kick, he would throw a left kick. <laughs> <laughs> and every time I le- yelled left kick, he would throw a right kick. And I, and I, I finally figured this out. So I started calling left kick. And then right. he started doing left kicks. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, oh, forget it, man. Just, just forget it. I, I, I don't even know what to tell this guy anymore because whatever I tell him, he just does. And that's, that's the other thing is, you know, when my fighter's actually in, in there um, fighting is uh, I generally... You know, it's it's nice if you have the kind of relationship and the kind of understanding with a fighter that you can almost control them like a video game. Like yeah. You go, left, left kick, right kick. But for me, um, uh, I think general instructions work better. So, for instance, um, if my fighter does uh, uh, a lot of uh, uh, knees off of uh, off of punches, then I'm going to tell him to punch. Mm-hmm. Because the knees are going to come, yeah. Uh, or if they do a kick off a punch, what what I want to try to avoid is, you know, I I, I don't want to yell left kick, right kick. Usually I don't do that. Mm-hmm. And the reason I don't do that is because one, the other person hears it, yeah, mm-hmm. and they see it coming, and a fighter will tend to walk in and kick. The problem with that is it's easy to counter and defend. Mm-hmm. So what I'll tell them is set it up. Mm-hmm. Set up that left kick because now what's happening is the the other, the opponent's hearing set up the left kick. They know the left kick's coming. Yeah, they don't know what's coming first. Mm-hmm. So you know, so I kind of I kind of you know give general instructions and based on what the fighter likes to do. So if I know the fighter well, you know I can tell them hey push kick because I know the body kick's following or I know yeah. I know if they push kick they like to throw a long knee afterwards. So, you know, you kind of get to know the fighters, and so you can call out something other than what you really want and get the same results. Mm-hmm. So that way the, the opponent doesn't know what's coming, and, and you kind of are steering the ship without saying, like, right knee now. Yeah, you know, because that puts pressure on the fighter, too. The, it's sort of interesting because a lot of the cornering experience I have, or more of it, the bulk of it, is out here. Yeah, yeah. So... For me, saying left kick, right kick is fine because the tie, usually the tie opponent doesn't. They're not going to understand. They're not going to understand it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas in America, you know, I remember actually I corner, I helped corner Jenny Toon. She fought Natalie Morgan. Oh, uh-huh. And I was with Ganyao. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. he said to me, oh, talk to her and tie. Yeah. Because then Natalie won't understand what's going on, won't hear the, yeah. the instruction. And it also reminds me, one time I fought a long time ago, and I was in the corner fighting the opponent, and my opponent's corner said, teep, 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 because they wanted him to teep. And you did it. And I did. Yeah, that, that, that happens a lot, too, and that's one, of, that's one of the reasons I don't do that. So one of the reasons, I, I'll say set it up. Set it up. Set up that tee. Set up 
you know, and and so because the, that instruction doesn't really resonate with the other the opponent. But I've had that happen many times where you where you say you know body kick, body kick, and the, and the other person does the body kick, and you're like, <laughs> oh man, that, that that's you know, and it works, and you're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> well, sometimes when like they land something clean. I'm like, oh, that was really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty funny in that regard. Well, so the other part of being in the corner with the with the fighter is is cheering them on. One of the things that Ajahn Rex always did for me was he, you know, oh, oh, yeah. and you know, hearing that and, and you know, kind of understanding, you know, what he was doing with that on a deeper level, you know he was encouraging me to do that again. Yeah. So when, when there was something I was doing good, he would do that. He would encourage me to do that again. And, you know, that, that was, you know, so you're kind of a cheerleader. You're kind of, you know, you're there to remind them, to keep them calm, uh, to keep them on, on task with, with the strategy. And then, of course, giving them specific instructions that are working. So if something's working specifically, um, you, you want to tell them, hey, your right hand's working. Yeah, it's there all day, mm -hmm. you know, and 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 that way, you know, you're not telling them, hey, when he does this, throw that right hand. You're just saying, hey, your right hand's working. Your 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 athlete will find the time to 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 use that, um, if you just encourage them to do it. So it's encouraging too. Yeah, one of the things uh, I do specifically in between rounds is I tell them, I try and tell them, usually just three things. Yep. You know, and I repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. Then usually something along the lines of this is working. This is something you need to do. This is something else. Yeah, yeah. That's, repeat, that's, repeat, repeat. That's always good. You want to keep instructions simple. Um, and depends on the athlete for me because some athletes require more information. So, you know, I'll give them more instruction. But I'll go over the last, uh, just before they go out, I'll go over the three most important things. Mm -hmm. So I may give them more instruction in the corner than those three things, just so they have that in the back of their mind. But the things that I really want, I, I repeat. Mm -hmm. I make sure that they understand it too. So, you know, did you hear what I said? You understand what I said? Yeah. Tell me what I said. That's and always a good one. Yeah, yeah, repeat. yeah. Yeah, because, you know, if, if, because you know they get in the, the the fog of war, they get they get you know the adrenaline's going, and sometimes you know they're nodding their head and everything. Oh, yeah, and you're, yeah. you're you're taking that as they understand. You ask them like, <laughs> "What did I just say?" And they're like, "Huh?" You know, like they're looking over at their opponent. You know, it's and and that's also something sometimes that I will do as well is you know I'll have them look at their opponent. He's yeah. tired. He's tired. Yeah, he's look, tired. look well, and and especially if if they're tired. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if they're tired, like, in the corner, I, I have them look at the opponent and say, look, look, he's more tired than you. Yeah. Just, you know, to give them that, like, encouragement that, look, I mean, he's tired too. Uh, you know, it's, it's a matter of who wants it more and, you know, giving them that, hey, you can do it kind of thing. It's a simple comment, but when you, when you look at it, it goes pretty deep. So, hey, yeah. And then once I'm something that's maybe a little different out here than in the States, again, I, I haven't really cornered that much in the States, is out here, there's tons of people yelling at you. Yes, yes. In the States, 
it's been a while so i don't feel the the atmosphere is the same so what it's not yeah what, what do you do when there's a bunch of different voices yeah i remember fighting uh, one time i didn't have uh, rex was gone he wasn't in my corner and um this thai man just kept coming up and giving me all this advice yeah like that's all the pretty time. normal. Like, and it's pretty normal <laughs> out here. And that's, you know, um, a lot you know, of time. He lot. gave me some good advice. Yeah, that's the other thing I was going to say. But some of it, you know, wasn't so good. And, and so you have to be very careful out here, too, because you have gamblers and you have, you know, you have promoters. And, you know, promoters want a good show, uh, gamblers want a certain outcome. So, you know, advice isn't always, you, you know, you've got to be really careful about what advice you take. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're winning a fight and, you know, you're, you're way ahead and it's the last round and they're telling you to walk in, you know, mm -hmm. where you can get elbowed, it's probably not a good idea. It's mm -hmm. probably a better idea to keep your, your safety and your distance and your lead. You know, I mean, because they're hoping for that. They're hoping for that yeah. opponent to score that yeah. elbow and cut you and, and, you know, so you just you just gotta kind of use common sense, um, um, and 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 as a as a coach, I always want to uh, be in the practices with my team, mm -hmm. so they get familiar with my voice. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you know, and and really like, if if they start looking around to advice to other, I said, look at me, listen to me, mm -hmm. don't listen to anybody else, listen to me. And, um, you know, just keeping them on track with what I... Now, I may listen to what the the people have to say as well, and I may analyze that and say, hey, that's probably a good idea, yeah. or it's mm -hmm. not. Um, and one of the parts of my system of cornering is that I have my second um, uh, give me their assessment of the round. Yeah. So they'll, they'll give me their assessment of the round and what they feel is working, because they may see something that I didn't, um, or they may see it from a different perspective. Uh, so, so I want to get that feedback, but also I have them watch the corner, uh, of the other fighter. Mm, so that's pretty smart. I haven't had yeah, that yeah, happen. Yeah. So that's what, what, what happens is, you know, is they'll, their, their job is the second in, on my team, uh, of corner, uh, of cornering, uh, is to give me the feedback. Okay. They want them to kick. Mm -hmm. Or they want him to walk in and punch. So you know you can you can see that a lot of times by the gestures, yeah. especially out here in Thailand. They're like, ah. you know, they get they get really yeah, they talk with their hands, so you can kind of see like what their corner is telling them. So we can plan for that a little bit. That gives us a little bit of a, 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 an edge uh, on on the next round because uh, we kind of know okay what what is their overall strategy for the next round so strategies can change you know and so if you know they're telling them hey walk forward walk forward then we know that we know to be prepared for that so we might draw uh, or we, we just we wait for them and, and catch them coming in um, or we move and throw off that forward movement mm -hmm. especially if they're linear fighters so there's there's there's, you know, there's a lot of information that's valuable in that, um, but there are corner men uh, that are very stoic. Like myself, I'm not gonna do that. And Brian Pope Joy, there's, there's other people that in the corner, they're, they're like, really like, they'll get in the face, they'll tell you exactly what to yeah. do. But there's no hand movements and wild, yeah. you know, yelling, I gotta do this, you know, there's none of that. So, you know, the, the other corner looking at us probably isn't gonna get that same mm -hmm. information. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, that's just kind of something that I do. So two things that are important for when you're cornering that everyone has to deal with at some point are when the boxer is wobbled or cut. Yep. Um, so wobbled and cut. What? Obviously, they're two different things. What are you doing for those circumstances? Well, the, you know, the main thing for me when a fighter gets uh, gets wobbled, um, you know, d- depending on whether I'm I'm talking to them in the corner after the round or whether it's during the round. I mean, we want them to be safe. So, as a coach, as a corner man, the number one thing is to protect your fighter. So if my fighters wobbled, uh, I may give them advice uh, from the, the sidelines to, to push, kick, and move. Um, you know, I don't want them to necessarily cover, just cover, uh, because that, that can that can. Yeah, a lot of times problems. people just shell up and stay there, and that, then that's they're basically they a, yeah, a yeah. heavy bag. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, so, so I'll want them to move. Uh, I'll want them to push kick. Uh, I'll want them to, you know, step and pivot around them and, and give them a lot of movement and give them some time to clear their head a little bit uh, and get their breath back. Uh, if it's in the corner, you know, the main thing is I want to get them off of living in the past. So, you know, what happens is if 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 the fighter has a particularly bad round and and they're sometimes you'll get the feedback from them because they're talking about it. They're like, yeah, man, I, 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 I can't, I, I, this, you know, yeah, they're stuck they're, in round mm-hmm. one. You got to move them on into round two. So you got to, you got to get them focused on, you know, listen, you got to do, you got to be in the moment because you, you're not going to win a fight by, by living in round one. Yeah. And you're not going to li- win a fight by, by, you know, uh, uh, you know, going all the way forward to getting the belt. You mm-hmm. win the fight in the moment. Mm-hmm. So we've got to get them in the moment, doing what they need to do um, to win exchanges from that point and build that confidence back up. And and sometimes the advice is going to be to do something that's going to build confidence. It may not be the best, it may not be the knockout you know, uh, technique, but it's going to be something to just help them build that confidence mm-hmm. back up. One of the things that when I fought, especially in America, that was hard, was if there was an eight count or, you know, if I had lost a round, you know, I'd be told, oh, you lost a round and it's only three rounds. So right. it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. A third of the way through this fight, I'm losing, you know. And well, you've got to know I, your fighter when you give them advice like that. So for me, you know, there are fighters that need to hear that. Mm-hmm. Like that, 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 that lights the flame under their ass. And then there's fighters that will shut down yeah. because of that. So, so, you know, and that's, that's, again, that's why as an ancillary kind of second in the corner, I'm not going to be nearly as, as active because I'm not, I don't know that fighter well mm-hmm. enough to really give them, you know, uh, that type of advice. But I, I want to, I want to know the fighter well enough that I know, all right, Hey, you lost that round. You've got two more rounds. You've got to win these two rounds. Mm-hmm. If that's gonna, if that's gonna motivate them, or if I say, listen, 
next round, this is what we need to do mm -hmm. and just get them on track. So, you know, it's really going to, the advice is going to depend on the fighter. So if I'm working with you and that makes you feel nervous yeah. and not intense and not perform performance anxiety. Then, then I need to I need to and, and the same thing you were mentioning about cuts like for me uh, I almost ignore it so I go to work on it and almost ignore it yeah have you found many people get upset about it or I mean for me out here most of the people that I've worked with when they've been cut, they don't care. Whereas, right. well, one of the things that I look for is when they're cut. Uh, I I look for signs that it's really bothering them. Um, you know, one of the signs is that they'll slow down their techniques. They're not doing anything. They're just moving around or they're covering up, uh, or or they're they're constantly touching it. Yeah. Um, you know, so they're really really conscious of it. So you know. If, if that's the case, again, I just go to my old standard, which is basically ignoring it. When they get in the corner, I don't pay any mind to it. I, I'm talking to them, I'm taking care of the cut, but I'm not talking about the cut. What, what specifically are you doing with the cut? Uh, it depends really on where you're at, I guess, uh, and what's, you know, what's allowed, uh, because there are different regulations, um, different places. Uh, some places you you have access to adrenaline. Uh, some places you do not. Um, adrenaline it, is not really used out here in Thailand. Yeah, um, which I was is actually surprised. Crazy. Yeah, it's a bit crazy. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like I should get it because you know, obviously, last night there were two fighters and two cuts. Uh, yeah. Jaleel's wasn't really that bad. It was a bit it was wide. Below the eye. It was, yeah, yeah, it was below the eye. It was a bit wide, but it wasn't a big issue. The cut for Omar actually was more dangerous. It was right on the edge of the eyebrow. Yeah. The blood was running down into the inside of his eye. He actually told me after that sometimes he wasn't able to see. see. So that's, that's the reason why yeah. you want to have that because you want to stop that yeah. and that stops some of the anxiety about yeah. it too. And, yeah. and then when I was take, you know, taking care of it, I was a bit confused about what to do. And so after the first round, I just had this Thai guy, one of the trainers from Fairtex go in and deal with it. Mm -hmm. That way I could watch him see how he dealt with it yeah and so i could learn for the future because i was like okay you know it's better for him to deal with this now because i don't have time and i can talk to him from the corner it's not yeah that and, that, deal. and that was a probably a really good decision because you don't want to be figuring things out in in the corner and that's one of the nice things about adrenaline is that it does the job for you so you really you really you know, if you have everything prepared ahead of time, you've got a couple of uh, cotton swabs with some adrenaline on it. Uh, you've got some clean cloths to mm -hmm. clean out, you know, to, to, to wipe it off. Uh, you've got some Vaseline that has some adrenaline in it. Then, you know, you've got a really good, like, chance of just stopping it. Uh, that actually happened in that fight I was telling you about, that WBC title fight against Malipet with the uh, English uh, fighter. He got cut in the first round. Yeah, and I had adrenaline. I, I stopped the cut. Uh, and where was, was the cut? It was it was above his eye. Too. Oh, yeah, so yeah. So you know, I mean, it could have been bad, um, 
but the the adrenaline stopped everything and the fact that there wasn't blood running down his face I think kept him focused on the on the overall mm -hmm. strategy so you know I think it's I think it's good practice and you know you you do have to kind of know a little bit about it but um, you know the way I learned was simply asking other people yeah. that had experience with with cuts uh, now I, I get asked a lot to to be in the corner for big fights as a as a cut man because they know I know how to mm -hmm. do it um, but it's it's a lot of its experience yeah a lot of its experience but you you can gain experience through other people too right so, yeah and that's in some people are you know, don't want to pass on their secrets, whatever, whatever. If they're like that, find somebody that will. But, you know, because there are people out there that are willing to, to share. I spent some time with uh, uh, one of the cut men for Freddie Roach. Uh, we were just sitting there watching fights and talking about cuts, and he gave me some really good advice, mm -hmm. and, and I still use that today. So, yeah. And then when... What about when fighters are wobbled? Are you doing anything specific? Like, for me, at least, the ties have taught me, like... You massage the the jaw, or, or the scalp, and you can pull back the hair. So I, I've actually had this done to me before, and mm -hmm. it's helped me. So yeah. you know, just it like breathe brings a little more life into your face. Right, it, and the idea is to just increase blood circulation in that. But you know, uh, for for me. Uh, Concussion is a swelling of the brain. Yeah. So for me, uh, ice on the back of the neck and the top of the head are usually the my go-to because mm -hmm. that's going to reduce the swelling, um, and it will also wake up the fighter a little bit yeah. because you know you put ice on somebody's head, they're not going to you know sit there and fall asleep. So um, you know, I think I think for me that's my go-to. Um, you know, I have pulled on people's hair and do all that stuff too, yeah. but. Uh, it just kind of depends on you know the situation, but for me, ice is usually a general uh, solution just to kind of get the swelling down. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with the the jaw, you know, I get that because you know that's a lot of times that's your those are your your vital points, your knockout points mm -hmm. is the the chin and the jaw, and getting hit back there can tighten things up and can you know yeah. So I get that, but for me, my main go-to is ice uh, uh, for when somebody's wobbled. So, and then what are you doing after the fight? They've won, they've lost, what is going on? Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's always tempting, you know, in a win to, to just be super celebratory and excited. And I want to celebrate with them in a win. So mm -hmm. I do, I want them to be happy about it. I just don't want them to get overly, you know, excited. Uh, excited and, and because sometimes that can, that can kind of like... Uh, make some people feel like overconfident for their next their next mm -hmm. fight oh i won that one i celebrated you know everything uh but i think um you know if somebody has lost a fight um i do not uh talk to them much about what went wrong mm -hmm. uh, that night mm -hmm. uh, at all um you know i just want to make sure they're okay you know on a personal level how are you you okay uh, you know, how do you feel? Are you hurt? You know, those kind of things are more important to me. And it's more important that they know that I care and mm -hmm. that I'm there and that they can, you know, they can rely on me. Uh, when we, when we win, we want to celebrate, but not overboard. No. Um, and either way, uh, win or lose, you know, the next day or the next couple of days, I generally give my fighters, my athletes get two days off. Mm-hmm. 
they get two days off after and they're back in the gym. Mm -hmm. I want them to have a couple of days to relax. I want them to, you know, either soak up that wind and feel good about it, walk around, you know, mow their lawn with their belt on or whatever <laughs> they're going to do, you know. Uh, but, you know, and if, they, if they've lost, you know, sometimes they need a couple of days to, to you know, they'll watch the videos and go, oh, well, I didn't do all that bad. You mm -hmm. know, like, like generally when, when people lose, um, they over-exaggerate it in their head. Like, yeah. It was just like, oh, I did so terrible. And then when they look at the tape, they're like, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. You know, like, like I did some things good. And so one of the things that I do with them when they do come back in is I do a deep, uh, a debriefing. So a debriefing for me is, is, you know, it starts out with what did you do well? Mm -hmm. Because that does get them to notice, oh, I, because sometimes people think I didn't do anything right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just not, that's never true. It's never, yeah. the, it's never the case. Yeah. I mean, like there's, there's always something. There's always something they did did right. So, you got in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's mean, that's something. <laughs> that's usually yeah. most people never will. So you know, I think that's uh, it's important to get them focused on. Okay, what did I do well? And um, they can start to look at that, and we'll talk about that. We'll discuss that, and then I'll give them the things that I felt that they did well. Because mm -hmm. sometimes they'll miss some things, or yeah. I'll agree with them on the things that I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you did that really well, actually, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and then when we look at, um, all right, so what could you do better next time? Yeah. What, mm -hmm. And so it's not, what did you do wrong? Um, it's what can you do better next time? And, and then from that debriefing, um, what I want to do with that athlete. So whatever they say, oh, I could do this better, I could do that better. Um, I want to develop a plan of action to actually take that into implementation. Mm -hmm. So uh, so if they say, well, you know, I, I didn't check kicks. Well, we are working on checking mm -hmm. kicks. You know, we're yeah. working on knee blocking kicks for, you know, days, that, and, that days. days and days. Yeah. And, 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 and one of the things that that does is, is not only does it shore that, that weakness up, but it builds that confidence back up that uh, that oh yeah I can I can do this again. And then when are you booking the next fight? As soon as I can, generally. Mm -hmm. um, do you, you know, ever book before the fight is over? So you know sometimes, you have sometimes sometimes you we have do more that? than one fight set up. Mm -hmm. um, but you know generally I I try not to do that unless we've got a fair amount of time between because. You know, you don't want to you don't want to do that often because you have promoters that are counting on you. Yeah. Uh -huh. And you know, if if you let down the promoter too many times, you know, I uh, had one one fighter that kept backing out of fights, and yeah. what happened is it affected my whole team. Right. And and so you know, I had to had to you know make a change, but um, you know, you you have to be very careful with that because you want a good reputation with the promoters. Um, you know, as far as, look, you know, we scheduled, we will be here, we will mm -hmm. be on time, yeah. we will be on weight. Uh, one of the things that, you know, uh, I've had the most trouble with promoters is where they change things on me. Mm -hmm. They, they want to change the rule set last minute. They yeah. want to change the fight last minute. I, I just don't do that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, we agreed to this. I did my part. You do yours. Like, you know, for me, that's, that's where I'll draw the line with a promoter. But as far as, you know, as far as setting up fights, you know, ahead, you can do that, but you've got to be pretty sure that your, your athlete's going to be okay yeah. by, the, by that time. Mm -hmm. and you're not going to have 
uh, you know, a problem and have to call the promoter and say, oh, yeah, we can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, sort of wrapping things up, what future projects do you have going on? What are you doing these days? Uh, well, I'm in Thailand now. Uh, I'm, Obviously. I, yeah, I've been here for, <laughs> been here for a while. Um, uh, my team is doing a really good job back home, uh, so so that's that's really great. Yeah, um, shout out to Robert and Nicole and... Patty, John, yeah. Cassius, Kelly, uh, uh, and Alex now. So we've got we've got a really good team um, doing things, and um, so that's that's fantastic. Uh, I have uh, written a book. I'm working on a book project, um, and that's that's exciting. It's about coaching, so coaching yep. Muay Thai. So uh, excited to to get that out. Um, and I've. Uh, open recently opened a um, uh, Muay Thai camp in Isan, Thailand. Mm -hmm. um, it's in a very, very uh, tough region of Thailand, uh, very economically challenged. Um, where you know we're doing this, it's a nonprofit uh, model, so there's no we're not charging anything. Uh, we have uh, had some great sponsors. Um, you know, shout out to Andrew at Invite Style is helping us out. We have uh, some other really great sponsors and support from abroad and back home that want to help the kids uh, to have something positive in their lives. They mm -hmm. really need it. Like, yeah, you yeah, know, for it, sure. It's, it's a whole different uh, life over here. Yeah. Anyone know. that's been actually been to Isan knows what it's like, and yeah, it's it's hard. It's very very difficult. Well, their their environment's really tough. I mean, when it, when it comes down to it, um, you know, they don't have a lot of prospects for for their future. You know, I mean, that's, that's really, really what it boils down mm -hmm. to. And in Isan, if you have food, clothing, and shelter, that's pretty um, good. You, you're doing you're doing better than a lot. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, like food, clothing, and shelter is 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 everything, and anything above that is like icing yeah, on the cake. So. You know, whereas in a, in in Western, you know, in in America, like we want all the extra goodies and all these things that you know, we kind want of a nice car and yeah, they they, know, they just want to eat and, and sleep and have a place to sleep yeah. that's safe, and you know, and that's really a lot of times in in that region, you know, the families have a hard time meeting those basic necessities. Yeah. So we're there in and I'm there um, teaching the kids. Um, in a in a capacity that hopefully will give them some something positive in their lives, uh, some physical activity, uh, some focus, some you know discipline, some respect, some uh, you know a place that's safe for them, um, and and of course you know uh, I do uh, also plan on teaching them English. Yeah. So, so that's you know, this a can good give them sure. you know a little bit of a leg up. It, the, the challenge is, you know, we can't change their environment. Yeah. And, you know, uh, a lot of their folks, you know, drink uh, and and just, I mean, it's just really a hard life. Yeah. It's really a hard life. Hard. And so we want to help the kids. And that's, that's really, I'm really excited about that. Uh, it, you know, it's not something, you know, I'm doing to fill my bank account, but it definitely fills my heart. Yeah. Uh, I do love the kids. Uh, we had nine kids for our first class, 14 yeah, for the second class. That's good. That's and good. words out. So uh, really, really, really super excited to see that. that, that go and then Double Dose in America is doing well. Doing well. Course. We have Double Dose in America. We have a Double Dose in Australia that's yeah, doing well. Benji also, and 
Benji and Nikia, yeah, Nikia. Uh, and now we have double dose in Thailand so you know we have uh, double doses in three continents now yeah. in Thailand double dose doesn't really translate yeah. So we've decided to keep the DDMT, Double mm-hmm. Dose Muay Thai, and call it DD Muay Thai. So yeah. D actually means it's good. Good, and DD yeah, yeah, means very good. So yeah, so <laughs> it's so, a double dose of good. There you go. Yeah. That's exactly it. That's exactly so it. wrapping things up, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the main thing for me is, you know, if you're a coach and you're a corner, um, you know, I would just say, you know, take care of your take care of your your athletes. Like that's that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going back to just like what do I do after the fight. One of the things I, I I generally always do is to call them the next day and just make sure they're okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think you know just care for people, care for your athletes, protect them. You have to you know as a coach you have to protect them from. You know, the promoters, you have to protect them from their opponent, you have to protect them from the outside influence. From uh, themselves. Themselves, sometimes. especially, yeah. really, yeah. Uh, themselves, especially. Um, you know, a lot of fights are, are, are lost in, in the locker room. Um, yeah, that so, is definitely true. Yeah, so, so for me, just, you know, uh, if you're listening, you're a coach, you know, take care, take care of your people. Uh, that's the most important thing. Look after them, care for them care for each other in general right now you know in the world today we need a lot more of that yeah uh, so you know I, I would just say you know definitely do that I mean you like Isan's a really tough place but it's also beautiful yeah you know it always depends on what you look for mm-hmm. you, you know what you look for is what you'll see so I hope people will will uh, will take that uh, because that's that's not outside of coaching it is yeah. part of coaching but it is important in the world today Well, thank you so much for your time, Brian. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So that was a really interesting episode. I learned a lot from it. You know, there's things that specifically Dobler has taught me about cornering. Recently, a small detail is about when you wrap the hands, the, a lot of times the hair on the person's wrist or arm will be ripped off unless you do it backwards. He's also shown me some ways to tie cups. So that all really, really good small details that are important. Then especially it's interesting because a lot of my experience cornering is out here in Thailand. So that's going to be vastly different than in America, which we briefly touched on. So I'm excited to have had him on. We will be continuing the series and I will be a little bit better about my scheduling. So I already have the next person lined up. It's going to be Tony out of Diamond Muay Thai Gym. So excited about that. So as always, this has been On Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people.